that was very, very nice. And, uh, you know, I was, I have been looking for a Greek Hebrew study Bible for a long time. It's amazing. I just could not find one anywhere. Uh, I went around and looking for one, <laughs> looking for one. And, and, you know, I had the same one, gosh, about 15 years. And the cover is all torn up and the thing is all ripped apart. And my wife always looked at it like, gosh, you're just going to wear that thing out until it just dies. I said, well, I can't find one nowhere else. So, so thank you so much. I love the Greek and Hebrew study Bible and all the other gifts. I just really appreciate that. And uh, now I get to rebuke. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I get to encourage you this morning uh, from the word of the Lord. Why don't we pray? And uh, while we're preparing to pray, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter number two. And uh, I believe Sister Di will also uh, post Acts chapter 13, uh, which will be uh, posted there uh, on the screen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for all that you're doing. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your grace that is amazing. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are with us today. Holy Spirit, take control. This is your uh, church. These are your people I am simply your servant, and I am so excited about what you're going to share with us this morning. Give us ears to hear, hearts to hear, and help us to receive, and let us grow thereby, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 4, 13 uh, reads, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Let's read that again. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. What I want to talk to you this morning is about church culture and DNA. And so I want to talk a little bit also about some crime scene stuff, some police stuff. But, but I think you'll understand where we're going with that when we talk about uh, DNA. But one of the things that you hear me talk about a lot is church culture. In other words, what is the culture of our church? What are we trying to put together as a ministry? When, when people come into the doors of Foundation Christian Fellowship and when they spend time with us, what do we want them uh, thinking or how do we want to present ourselves uh, you know, to them uh, when they come here? In other words, when they leave, what do they think about us? What can they say about Foundation Christian Fellowship? If they were to say, what kind of people are they? How I many of you have, it's amazing, but, you know, you've visited various churches over the years, I'm sure. And it's amazing that all of us are individuals and in the body of Christ, we have various and different ministries. But depending on what ministry or what church you walk into, the culture there is different. You can go in some churches and it's really, 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 really boring. And then you go into some churches and we went to, for an example, Wave Church and we had an opportunity to go to the conference uh, it was absolutely amazing because what you saw there were a very, very enthusiastic people. They were excited. Uh, you know, uh, the people seemed like that they absolutely just loved coming to church. It wasn't the kind of thing. I mean, I don't remember seeing anybody walking around thinking, 
oh gosh, I got to come and do why? I mean, those people were excited. I mean, they had little golf carts and they were driving people up to the front door. And when people greeted, they were like really excited that you were there. And, and they looked like they were excited they were there. And, when, and, even, and even if you didn't like necessarily the style of music or whatever the case might have been, once you got into the sanctuary, because there was such enthusiasm and such anticipation, uh, you know, people, it was just electric. And, and everybody just kind of joined into that. And there was just this enthusiasm and this excitement. And yet you can go from that church, you go to a whole different church where they, their reserve style is much more reserved, much different. And so we talk about culture. We, we, we're talking about how we do things. How do we do things? Jesus here had laid and established a DNA in the disciples because here they are. They are uneducated or untrained men, the scripture said. But Jesus had already left and was amazing that that the Pharisees and the religious structure that day, when Jesus had left, they spent time with the apostles listening to them. And the thing they walk away with saying, well, you know what? We realize that they had spent time with Jesus. In other words, Jesus had established a culture or a DNA in them, and then they, in turn, turn, they transmitted it, and and, and they exuded the character of Christ. Why? Because they had spent time with him. In other words, there was a certain culture. How many know that Jesus did not come the regular way? He did not come the way that people thought he was going to come. Jesus was totally outside of the box. And so if you're going to be, be a religious teacher, if you're going to have impact, you certainly you got to go to school. You got to do all these things like the religious people did. And here it is, these uneducated men who were just fishermen, a lot of them, and come from all kind of different backgrounds. And, and they look at them and say, yeah, these guys been hanging out with Jesus. Why? Because they had his same DNA, his same, uh, the, the culture that he had established in them. Is what they walked in. You see, when you talk about an organization, some of you, I don't know if you ever have aspirations to start a business or anything of that nature. But, you know, when you start a business or an organization, there's going to be a culture attached to that. And what you tolerate within your business or organization, and I want you to follow me, what you tolerate will become your culture. So let's say that you establish a business and you allow for your people to get away with sloppiness in the organization. And guess what's going to happen? Your organization is going to become what? Sloppy. Why? Because you, 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 you tolerate it. If the organization is functioning in a positive way, guess what? That's going to establish a certain culture within the organization. So when we talk about culture and DNA, it is critically important. And, you know, let me let me start by saying this, that I was praying and I had a whole different message that I wanted to share with you guys. You know, usually when I when I'm preparing for a message, there are several some a lot of times, two or three things that are floating around in my head. And I'm trying to catch which one God want me to talk about. And this one came out of left field. God said, I want you to talk about church culture. I said, God, well, I kind of hit it on that before. He said, no, no, I want you to talk about this. And what, and, and what God had impressed upon my spirit is that we are at a point. Now, I want you to hear me well. And I want you, I want you to open your eyes of faith, everybody. Because we're at a point 
where God is about to do something marvelous in this church. God is about to expand our territory. He's shown me this. And he told me that if we don't get this right, it can disrupt everything that God is trying to do within the church. I can remember uh, when we first had started the church that there were uh, people who had great intentions. And I remember, man, and we was one time and I thought to myself, and there were, you know, church is always like this. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you're big, small. Church is just always like this. You understand that. And I remember thinking to myself one time, I was like, man, I remember telling this one guy who was part of me. I said, man, I just sense that God's about to move. This thing is about to explode. I can just, something's about to happen. And, and then God just spoke to me one day. And God says, oh, no, I'm going I'm to have to, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to tell you what his exact words to me, he said to me in the spirit, because I shared it with this other individual. God said that there were a lot of people that were with you. They were following you, but they weren't really with you in heart. And how many know I did not want to hear that? Because what am I looking at? Numbers. I'm looking at people. We need people. So that's, that was kind of like my thing. Number of people. And God says, there are people that are following you, but their heart is not with you. And I begin to see it. And I, be, and I say, Lord, and the Lord begin to say, look, I'm going to have to reestablish the foundation and do it right. And I remember telling this one individual, I said to him, who was a part of a church then, and he said, I said, man, God says, you know, I just sense that there's something happening here. And, 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 and in short, what it was is we had, a, we, had a, we, had a, we had a group of people, but within that group we had fragments. Everybody was trying to pull the ministry in a direction that they wanted it to go. You follow, you follow what I'm saying? So, so everybody had a certain culture, a certain DNA that they wanted. They wanted to look like, and so I'm going to pull it this way. Somebody else, I'm going to pull it this way. And before long, it began to show itself. And so when we talk about character, this is the preparation for what God is going to do in our church because we have to get this right. Because you are the witnesses. You are the members of Foundation Christian Fellowship. And so when people walk into these doors, they need to understand who we are and what we're about. You know, and, and inevitably they will come in and they will say to us, well, you know what? Uh, this is the way I did it at my place. And I want to, you know, and one of the things that me and my wife have had to beat back and we had to beat this back on a regular basis. Can I be can I talk to you all this morning? Are you with me? One of the things we had to beat back from time to time is that when you're a, a small church, then inevitably you're going to attract people that wants to come in and have great influence. It just comes with the territory. You just got to understand that. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it has to be channeled in the right direction. You want people active. You want people to come in and believe in that they want to do something great because most people, believe it or not, I believe that most people have good intentions. It's just how to arrive there sometimes to get skewed. And so, and so when, when God laid this on my spirit, he said, we need to talk about the culture. We need to talk about the DNA of Foundation Christian Fellowship, which we're foundationally going to preach out of Acts chapter 2 this morning. And when we talk about Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at it from the context, watch this, from, from the context of Foundation Christian Fellowship. Because you'll see there, in, 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 as we read Acts chapter 2 in a moment, that they talked about how the disciples, they prayed and how they fellowship. But you know, praying and fellowship is different depending on what church you go to. No, everybody don't pray the same, right? In other words, you got to discover when you go to this church, what is the culture there? How do they do things over there? Because you're going to find out they're different. And that's why we have to have grace in the body of Christ because we can become really legalistic and say, I want it this way. I want it that way. Well, you know, 
everybody ain't going to do it the same way. And so it's important to understand what is the culture? What is, what is the, the, the DNA of Foundation Christian Fellowship? And as a leader, my job of this ministry is to make sure that I am imparting to you or sharing with you what that is. Because one of the things they always say, you hear people say this, they say, well, you need to talk about vision and direction often. And they say, why? Because after a while, people will forget. And then people will just start doing stuff and they don't understand why they're doing it. And then after a while, they get bored and they'll, you know, and people just kind of be like, oh, you know, and because they don't understand what we're about, and what we're trying to accomplish. But my job is to lay that, that DNA out there, to, to explain the culture of our ministry, understand how we're, what we're about, what we're trying to accomplish, and then, then you would, you're to take that and you are to exemplify that. You are to carry it out. So then you bring your gifts and you bring your talents and you say, how can I fit or help to enhance the vision and the DNA that God has given Foundation Christian Fellowship? Because every church has one. Every ministry has a DNA. They have a culture in their church. And some cultures you walk into, you like. You, you might have said, well, I went to that church. It was just cold. How many of you have ever said that? I, I, you know, it was a cold church. But what are they trying to say? In other words, there was a certain culture. They weren't just talking about the temperature. They were talking about the people. There was an attitude there that they just, they were just, ugh, just didn't like it. So if I were to ask you, somebody would ask you and say to you, what is the culture of Foundation Christian Fellowship? What is the DNA? How do you define your church? And so we're going we're gonna to kind of share that this morning. Webster defined culture this way. Watch this. It's the set of shared attitudes, values, and goals and practices that characterize an institution or an organization. I'm just laying this down so we understand what that means. You understand what culture is. Um, and it's the same thing. It really ties in with DNA. I was really, really excited the other day because, uh, you know, I've been working this one case whereby a, a couple of ladies were in the food store uh, over there in Reston, Virginia, and the store had closed. These two men came inside with white masks, and uh, they didn't come in that way. They actually hid the mask. They got inside the store, waited till the store closed, and they stayed behind. Well, they're locking the store. They're thinking that everybody's out. These two guys are waiting in the back. They take these girls, they beat them up, they rough them up, they get on, they put their white mask on, they have them at gunpoint, they tie them up in the back, and they do all this horrible stuff to these girls. And I get this case. So then, as any good detective would do, you go to the crime scene and you want to try to find evidence. So what we found, we had a video, and on the video, we could see that the, the, the men, when they came in, and then we could see the mask that they were wearing, which was like these plastic Jason-type masks. How many know what I'm talking about, the Jason stuff? And so they had those masks on, and guess what? When they ran from the crime scene, we found those same masks around the crime scene. In other words, it was just in the back, in the wooded area. And so when we were able to identify them as suspects, guess what we did with the mask? We took their DNA that we knew because we got their spit from them, and then we compared their DNA with the DNA that was in the mask. And guess what? There was a hit. Powerful evidence. Because and we talk about DNA, watch this, there is nobody in the world that has your same DNA. And one of the things, I love to get back from the lab, but that little 
a thing that says, a little paragraph that says that the chances of this happening, of this not being right, is like one in six billion. It's like the world's population. In other words, you did it. You were involved. You got to explain why you wearing the white mask in an area that you don't even live. Are you following me? Because what DNA tells <coughs> it tells me is who it is that did the crime. DNA, it brings identity. It brings a face to things. And so DNA is that fundamental building block for an individual's entire genetic makeup. You can find DNA in your blood, your semen, your skin cells, organs, muscle, brain cells, your bone, your teeth, your hair, your mucus, your perspiration, your fingernails, everything. Your DNA is your entire makeup. And there's nobody else like you. <clears throat> and they're good. You heard me say before, people are always trying to be a copy when God made you an original. That's why no ministry should be trying to copy nobody else. You shouldn't be trying to be like everybody else. You need to just be yourself. Look at the name and say, be yourself. Now, be your godly self. <laughs> but be yourself. Because you, because DNA defines you. And so we talk about DNA. What is the DNA of our ministry? What are we are about? What, what are we trying to accomplish? Because it shed light on some things. And if you turn with me to Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> and while you're turning there, I think you may already be there. Let's talk about, we're going to talk a little bit here about Foundation Christian Fellowship. Diver, if you have those core values, uh, you have those. Now, we, we talked about this and some in our orientation class, but I want you to kind of look at these again. Because these core values, they govern personal relationship. They clarify who we, are, who we are. They articulate what we stand for. It guides us in everything that we do. And so when you want to get a snapshot into who we are as a people. Now, you may be saying, well, Pastor, why are we talking about this morning? Because God is about to do something. Then you look at this and this is what we're about. Now, we elaborate on those in our orientation class. We're not going to do that this morning, but it kind of tells you, that it, it kind of gives you an insight, a snapshot on what we are about as a church. Now, are we perfect? No. Do we get it all right all the time? No. But we talk about family, outreach, unity, being diverse. I mean, we value family, and, and, and we, we're an outreach, and we, we, we're, we're a church that, that reach out to people. We're not just comfortable with just looking at each other and waiting for Christ to come back. I love you. You look great, but I don't want to spend eternity just looking at you. I want to see variety, diversity. So everything we do, we want to be diverse. You know, we want to be diverse and, and so that anybody can come into our fellowship, that they can know what we stand for, what we're about. Uh, we're a ministry of integrity. We're teaching ministry. I'm really, really big on practical things. It does me no good to stand up here on Sunday morning and just entertain you. So anybody that preached from this pulpit is going to have the same spirit that I have. And that spirit is I want to lay a foundation in you so that when you walk out of here, there's something that you can grab and say, you know what? I can apply that in my life. That's what this church is all about. We're teaching ministry. Uh, integrity. Was, uh, that goes without saying. I mean, uh, outstanding ministry. We don't do things haphazardly or just sloppy. Um, you know, give an example, just you know, this kind of stuff. If I can brag on Diver for a minute. You see, excellence. This wasn't thrown together within a second. This was done in an excellent way. That's one of the DNA, the markers of our church and how we do things. You know, we, we're not raggedy about what we do. 
<laughs> so, so I want you to, from time to time, look at that. Kind of get an idea what we're about. And, uh, and so let's read Acts chapter 2. Are you there already? And we're going to start reading in verse number 40. Now, before I read Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47, is what I call an excellent template of, of, of how to grow the church. Now, remember what I said. How this template is expressed from church to church is different. Understand that. Because everybody don't pray alike. Everybody don't read the Bible the same way. Everybody don't fellowship the same way. When you say, okay, they, they spend time fellowshipping, well, what, what, did that, what did that consist of? Because some people say, well, you don't watch. You know, I had one church I was at, one pastor said to me, <clears throat> he said, um, uh, we was watching Super Bowl. You know, we, say, we was a very, very religious church. And, uh, and we had already finished church and everything. We was all getting relief, but somebody sat in the back of the uh, church to cut on the Super Bowl. This is at the end. Everybody's going, cut it off. Cut that. This is God's house. You don't cut on a Super Bowl and God cut that TV off. This is God. No, 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 no. Everybody, oops, cut it off. You know, because we are taught to follow authority, you know. And we flow. But boy, I thought to myself, boy, that's really stupid. But that's what he believed. And there are still some churches like, don't have the Super Bowl in God's house because God's house is what? Holy. See? But you, yeah, you can go right down the street to another church, and boy, they have, they advertise it all on their website. Super Bowl party. Right? Come on. And they advertise it, and guess what? And people like it, and they have a whole bunch of people that are going, oh, we're going to watch it, and they're free. But you have the other folk, if they're watching Super Bowl, they ain't telling nobody about it. Because you ain't really spiritual if you're watching the Super Bowl. But, but I'm just, I'm trying to, you see what I'm saying? So we talk about fellowship. We talk about Acts chapter 2 and, and, and the culture here. We talk about culture. It's how we, culture is simply how do we do things? How do we do things? And that's up to me as the leader of the, of the organization of the church to share that with you. It's up to you to figure out a way how to help enhance it and to bring it out. Your part. That's why you're here. Look at verse number 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. <clears throat> then those who gladly receive his word. Uh, where am I? Gladly receive his word. were baptized. And they, uh, that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and they had all things coming. Oh, boy. And they sold their possession and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Are you there yet? Somebody say, no way. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, who? who? The Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. <clears throat> Let's talk about this for a moment. Excuse me. The first thing I want to just kind of extrapolate some things from here. We'll kind of break it down a little bit, and we're not going to be long after this. We'll just lay this real quick. I think it's like eight or nine of these. 
But number one, they continue in the apostles' doctrine. Now look at Acts chapter 2 in the context. What I'm explaining this to you is in the context of what our culture is is here, what our culture is at, at FCF. He said they continue in the apostle doctrine. Now, what that means is they didn't just hear the word of God. How many know that many people that come to church and people hear what they want to hear? You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, we, we do. We hear if we don't like something that the pastor preaches say, then we decide I like that. I don't like that. I like and I know I, I can look at you because God given me an ability to see right into your heads. And, you, and I can see sometimes you say, I like that. I don't like that. I'll take that. I ain't taking that. But one of the things that we understand, listen, this is, this, is, this is so important because you cannot expect to grow as a believer until you decide that you're going to make application of the word of God. The word of God will do you no good until, see, I'm never, never be impressed with how much people know, be impressed with how much they live because that is the mark of maturity. It's, you see, and so when it says that they continued, that means they did more than just hear, but they made application. That they took the word, they listened, and they applied. Now, 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 why is this so important? Because we'll see at the end how did the Lord blessed and added to the church. And so, now, again, how the word is being preached and how it comes out will be different in every church. Some churches like it yelling and screaming, right? Some churches like to... And how y'all like if I were to come in one Sunday and say, Jesus said, and the Lord, you all will be like, oh, that's not the culture of the kind of church that I came and I joined with. Something is wrong with Pastor Bailey. You see, you won't be coming back. I, I, that's not the culture I want. You see, now, how we bring that out will be different. But at Foundation Christian Fellowship, we, we, we look, look, like you said, we continue in the word. We hear the word. Now, I'm not knocking that because for some folks, that works for them. So you all look at that and say, well, and we look at that and we, we, we tag people and say, they ain't a spiritual church. Who says who? Just because you don't like it? Just say, I don't like it. Just say, it ain't my style. But brother, sister, so and so, if that's what you like, good for you. But Pastor Bill, I think you need to do a little bit hurrah. I'm going to say, no, that's not the culture of our church. We don't hurrah here. You want to hear me hurrah, come to the football game with me. But we don't do that here. That's not who we are. But we give attention to the word of God here. That, that, that the culture of our church is not a religious church. You know what I'm saying? It's not a religious church whereby that, 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 that we're legalistic, but it's a culture of obedience. That when people come in our church, I want them to say, you know what? They're not religious people, but there are people that, that, you know what? They try to obey the word of the Lord. I can tell that these people are serious about that. You see, and that's what it was in the book of Acts. They, in the book of Acts, they continued, the scripture said, steadfastly. They continued. That meant, in other words, they didn't just hear it. They obeyed the word of God. That's why we tell you in this church, and I know some of you don't do it, but look, bring pencil. Bring paper and write stuff down. You know what? I've always been of the opinion of this. You know, when God speaks, if God has something to say to me, I want to make sure I get it. Because if I don't believe that the person that's speaking the word of the Lord is hearing from God or coming from God, I don't listen to him. That's just me. But if I'm going to sit there and I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to write down some stuff. Why? Why do we do that here? 
at Foundation Christian Fellowship. You know, that a lot of places people are very, very comfortable. You know, don't bring a Bible to church. Just kind of come. At Foundation Christian Fellowship, we're going to put it on the screen, but we, you know what we're also going to say? Bring your Bible. Why? Because we want you to read your Bible. We want you to be familiarized with the Word of God. So I never want this to become a crutch where we, we just kind of say, oh, this is it. No, no. You need to know the word of God because God will inevitably put you in a situation and whatever you got in here, what's going to come out? Mm. They fellowshiped, right? Second point, they fellowship. The word fellowship in the Greek means kononia, and it means sharing a close association or partnership. In other words, there was an atmosphere of unity. Now, you remember I said earlier, here's what some folks think. This is how some people think. The fellowship means that we have a church dinner and a church activity. That's fellowship. How many know that you can be at a church function, a church activity, and not be fellowshipping? Fellowshipping involves partnership and intimacy, right? That's what the word means. So then if I'm really fellowshipping, that I have to take some time to get to know this brother, which means that I can't be trying to run from his presence as soon as something is over. I can't be trying to get away from him. I need to spend time and say, brother, how are you doing? How are you doing today? What's going on in your life? Why? Because you know what? I make him minister to him. He make him minister to me. See, when we talk about fellowship, many people don't look at it that way. But do you not know that maybe the answer that God has for somebody could be fully embodied in you? See, fellowship has much more. See, at Foundation Christian Fellowship, we are a church that pursue relationships. That, you know, one of the things I said in my, in my vision statement, I said, uh, uh, I believe in, 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 in what to respect on our website. One of the little blurbs I have there is that, that we are relational to our core. Now, that's who we and Peggy is. And so hopefully that's what we're going to be transmitting to you, that you have to be relational. That the last thing, it would be a dishonor for anybody to walk in this house and say that that was a cold church. Because that's not what we are. We are a warm church. We are a relational church. In other words, we want to talk to you. We want to get to know you. We like breaking bread together with you because we value real fellowship. You won't be fellowshipping if all you ever do is see me once a week on Sunday. But see, what we want to, the culture that we want to build around here is that, let's say that Sister Canty, and I'm going to use Sister Candy and Sister Jill. I'm going to use the bells and the cantons, all right? Can I, can I do that? I got to give y'all permission. Can I do that? Okay. Because then they go and say, Pastor, he ain't use my bell. Hot. So you got to ask people nowadays. People get upset. So now let's say that Jill and Yolanda know each other, but they don't really know each other. Right? I mean, I know Jill because I see her on Sunday. And I've seen her at a couple Bible studies. And every now and then I pass, but I don't really know Jill. And Jill don't really know Yolanda. So the kind of culture that we want to build in our church is that not just wait till Pastor Bailey say, we're going to have a function and an activity. But you know, here's what we want to say. Here's the culture that we're building in our church. You know what? I don't know Sister Jill. I don't know Sister Yolanda. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call them up and invite them over to my house. You know, we're part of the same church. We're part of the same DNA. God is doing, you know, we need to get to know each other. 
See, that's what we're trying to build around. Not this thing of, you know, I don't want at the end of church that everybody's running up to me because I can't be every place at one time. When people come in, I'm going to focus a lot of time. I'm focused on visiting. You know, get to know each other. Talk to each other. Get involved in each other's lives. See, when we talk about fellowship around here, it's not that kind of once a week fellowship. That's not what we're building here. We're building a real relational. Now, if you're one of those persons that don't want nobody getting your business, you don't want to tell nobody nothing, you want to, then that's, you got some other issues. I, I, can't, I can't go there. But there's, I mean, I'm not saying you just go find people and tell them all about, you know what I'm saying. Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying, right? You don't just go tell, some folk can't handle some of the stuff you tell them. So you don't go tell everybody everything. You got to be wise about that, right? Because some people blurt this stuff out and they'll tear you up and they can't, and then they'll be like, oh, 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 oh I had no idea. And then they can't even handle it. So you got to be careful. Be discerning. But fellowship means that, brother, I, I want to get to know you. I want to minister to you. I want to help you in your walk with God. I want to encourage you. We can't encourage each other. And, you know, and it's amazing. Here's what happened. Here's when it shows up. I'm talking to you this morning. Is that okay? When we go to a picnic, and here's what I've seen. <laughs> Inevitably, everybody, we got people who come here and there. I mean, everybody knows that. We got people to... But we go to a fellowship, one of the things that's, that's painfully noticeable, that most of the people there, they're comfortable, they talk to me and Peggy, but then, but then the body, nobody talk to each other. And it's like, wow. And so it's, it's quiet. Because I don't know you. I see you here, but I don't really know you. Right? That's not what we're building. We got to pursue relationships because we're relational at our core. That's what we're about. Because I believe that that's the best way to help you in your walk with God. And I can minister to you much more effectively. As a pastor, if I never ever talk to you except on Sunday, you'd be like, you know, I, I, I may have some kind of effect, but you know what? You want to know a little bit more about your leader. You want to know something about what's going on, how they, you want to know more. You don't just want to. Every so often, because there's no closeness, no intimacy there. I got to get off of this because we got to finish. Look, are y'all with me on that? So that's how we do things here at Foundation Christian Fellowship, because we got to get prepared for what God's going to do. God's going to bring people. I'm telling you. So you need to start thinking, what is our culture? What is our DNA? This is what we're about. I want you to hear this. Get this down into your spirit. It will be on a website today. So you can listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. And, 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 and it says that they broke bread together. Now, many believe that that is dealing with communion, and I'm sure that's true. But the scripture says today in verse 46 of Acts chapter 2, you can read it if you don't believe me. It said how they went from house to what? House. You know what? The best way that you can express your love, that somebody can express love to you, is when they look at you and say, come to my house. Now, one of the things about church you know, and I was, I'm, gonna, I'm being honest with y'all this morning, right? Previous church I was at, split right down the middle. I mean, just multicultural to its core. I mean, you're talking about all kinds of, I mean, and it was, and I said, oh, gosh, Lord, well, I just want that so bad. And I remember, I mean, it was, you couldn't tell, there was no dominant race in the church. I mean, it was just split. One brother was telling me when they were going over to, uh, when the election was going on, it was, uh, it was pastor was talking about this. He was talking about their diversity because they're very, very diverse. Economically, and there's a lot of wealthy people to go there. And then there's some that are not so wealthy to go there. 
And he said, you know, it's amazing. I drove up in the parking lot this morning, and I see people that got John McCain and Sarah Palin on their bump stickers on their cars. And then I see people that got Barack Obama and, and Joe Biden on. He said, driving the church. He said, oh, everybody got different. And I'm like, wow. Now, you know, in a lot of settings, boy, I'd be like, you support who? You got much, I don't have much to say to you. Here, one brother said, one brother told me the other day, he said, I don't like Barack Obama. Why you don't like Barack Obama? Because he's a liberal to the core. I can't stand him. I said, wow. So everybody that's liberal, you don't like. God's going to use you in a mighty way. Good luck. But, and y'all, see y'all, see what y'all made me do? Y'all made me get off the, what was I talking about? All right. So there was diversity there. And one of the things that, that, that was so attractive about this church is that when I first got there, here's what I thought. I thought, well, it's easy for everybody to come in the same church and talk about and, and be diverse. But what are they like when the church door closed? Do they talk to each other during the week? And to my surprise, boy, they were inviting each other over from house to house. They were breaking bread together, white, black, Chinese, people from Indonesia, all of, And I'm like, this is the real deal. The real deal. This is what church is really all about. They broke bread together. In other words, they were really diverse. And I remember the pastor one time saying, he said this. He said, he said you know, if it was up to me, I'd come in here every Friday. He was, a, he was a black pastor. He was. He still is. You don't, you don't change your skin color, no matter what Michael Jackson tried to do. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But uh, bless his heart. But... <laughs> But the thing about it is that he said that, he said, you know, I could come here every week. He said, and I could just put on me some Fred Hammond and I could be happy. You know, anybody know who Fred Hammond is? You know, they ain't featured a lot in worship services, you know, because Fred Hammond is kind of hip hop. But that's the kind of music I like. And around me, if you look at my iPod, on my iPod, and I work out, y'all wouldn't like the kind of music I listen to. I don't listen to rap. But I'm going to tell you something. It's cutting edge stuff. It's different. And I'm popping in the gym. And you can't have, you could, I couldn't do that up in here. Because that's not what we're about. Why? Because the culture is we want everybody to feel welcome here. I don't care if you're white, you're black. I don't care where you come. We want everybody. So you say, why we got this funny music? Because we're trying to reach everybody. Now, if I was just selfish, I would just say, you know what? I'll just complete this music and, and whatever. And for some churches, that's fine. God ain't knocking that. But music means a lot to people. It'll make people come and it'll make people go. I've discovered that. So I know right off the bat that some folks are walking to the door of the church, they say, mm-mm, nope, don't like it. And I say, God bless you. We have to keep moving. Everybody say, keep moving. And so, number four, they prayed. Now, they prayed. In verse 42, it talked about how they continued in the potter's Apostles' doctrine, and then that they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. Prayer is different from church to church. Remember, I talked about that. Some churches like to pray real quiet. You go into church, and it's like everybody just sit and everybody's. Some churches you go into, man, there are people that are loud. They're walking around, boy, and they're screaming to the top of their lungs. Perfect picture of what, I, what we are about here at Foundation Christian Fellowship was exhibited in Jim Simbola, the pastor of 
Brooklyn Tabernacle, and I had a chance to be in his presence. And he had everybody come to the altar. Their church is known for prayer. And this man, those people prayed, boy, I tell you what, the whole building shook. Because he had everybody stand there together, and they all just held hands, looked each other in the eye, and they prayed for each other out loud. And boy, it was the most beautiful sound that I had ever heard in my entire life. When the scripture talk about the prayers of the saints, I was like, wow, I see what that means. And you walk into this atmosphere, it was just people crying and praying. And so we are a, we are a praying church, which means that, listen, we're not quiet. Well, pastor, I think the prayer ought to be just quiet. Okay, but that's not the culture that we are. Now, we have times for that. But usually, I, you know, I'm like Pastor Ron said to me, Pastor Ron said, he said, he said, Gary, he said, I don't like no dead prayer service. I can't take it. And I said, amen that, Pastor. Now, you must, you went to Bethel Temple when you, you know, you ever went to one of Bethel Temple's prayer meetings? Ain't nobody sitting there, just, ooh. But them people crying out to God. I mean, no, when you're really in trouble and you cry out to God, you ain't worried about trying to look pretty and cute. And when you really got, want God to show up and answer, I don't care what you think about me. Now, I ain't going to be crazy. I ain't going to go jump up on stuff and lose control. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. But we, are, we cry out unto God here. That's what we do. We, we say, come to our prayer meeting. We, get, we tell people to walk around and pray. Talk to God in your own voice. Talk to him. Tell him about what you want. Lay hands on somebody else and pray over one another. That's what we, that's what we do. That's what we are here at Foundation Christian Fellowship. Well. Well, at the lecture time, we just had everybody sit down, and we prayed once a month, and we prayed five minutes before service. Good. Then maybe that may be your taste. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you've, culture. In other words, what's the culture here? You, you, I'm laying this down into you so that you would know what we're all about, how we function, how we do things here. Okay, so they prayed. So praying is different from Church to church, we understand that. But here, this is how we do it. And we do it quite often, matter of fact. Number five, the atmosphere was filled with miracles. Look at verse number 43. It says, then fear came upon every soul. Watch this. Now, if y'all don't want this, something wrong with y'all. But listen to this. It says, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All right, watch this. I've always wanted to say this, and I'm going to say it now. I can say it here because this is our church. I'm going to say it right here, right? In other words, they were a charismatic church. They want no independent, uh, conservative, uh, we don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit church. They were a charismatic church. And guess what we are at Foundation Christian Fellowship? A charismatic church. Now, let me explain something to you. Because some people think that means this. You, you need my jacket? Some people think you need my jacket. I see you shaking there. Some, some, people, some people look at that and think this. This is what they think. Uh, charismatic means that you can just run around and just do what you want to do and act crazy and say all kind of crazy. You know, I'm going to tell you something. One of the things, we're conservative, but I'm, we're, we're charismatic, but... I'm somewhat conservative charismatic. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Is that I don't like weird stuff. I'm sorry. I'm just not into weirdness. I'm just not. You know, uh, a couple years ago, somebody, a few years back, somebody was saying, you know, 
they had people at the church barking like, growling like lions. And people barking. And I remember thinking, I said, well, wait a minute, brother. I'm sorry. The world look at that and they're going to think something wrong with you. Come on, you got to, you know, charismatic don't mean you got to be weird. You see, we think we, I mean, we got a brain. Everybody say brain. God expects you to use it. You can be theologically correct and be charismatic. I believe that. Theologically correct and, be, and believe, and listen, and we believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if you hear me speaking in tongues, oh, Dr. Bill is speaking in tongues. Oh, no, we embrace all of it. Speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of prophecy, prophetic word, the words of knowledge, the whole gamut. Now, you go down this church, right down the street, a couple doors down, you walk in there talking about speaking in tongues, or they're going to look at you and put you out. Because they believe that that is of the who? Devil. You follow me? Different culture. So I'm explaining, what's the culture of our church? Now, we're not defined just by that, because some people look at that, and they define it. Some people get so crazy, they say, well, in order to be saved, you got to speak in tongues. We don't believe that. The scripture don't teach that. And I'm, I don't apologize to that. You don't have to be, look, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues. I just happen to speak in tongues because I believe that I'm a, I can pray to God, boy, in a way, and I'm going to preach on the gifts of the Spirit. That's going to be coming. But let me tell you something. You start praying in tongues, praying in your spiritual language, let me tell you something, boy, it, it, it just makes life so much easier. My prayer life took off when I, began, when I learned how to pray in tongues. I'm going to tell you something. When I, when I do my, a lot of my private prayers, I'm praying in tongues. Now, I don't do a lot of that up here on Sunday morning because somebody may walk in and we don't want people to be freaked out about what we're doing. But we are a, so, but we are a charismatic church. I don't apologize for that. So we are. So if your thing is, well, I don't like, I don't like that, Pat. I think you're wrong. Then you're in the wrong place. I don't know what else to tell you. Stay. But, but this is who we are. Because... You know, they were a charismatic church in Acts chapter 2. They said signs and wonders. I know what that means. That I'm, listen, if there's going to be an atmosphere of faith, if somebody come in here saying, this is what I want y'all to start thinking about. If somebody in here is sick, you get a bad doctor report, you got, don't just sit there and say, I'm sick. Call on me. Say, look, we need to pray and believe God. You know, some people believe that God ain't, he ain't healing no more like he used to. God ain't doing That was for the old. Who said that? Now, I'm not going to try to have to de- defend, you know, sometimes you, you, you got to try to defend yourself. I don't worry. If people don't believe the way I believe, I don't try to worry about defending it anymore. I just say, okay. Because I used to have no arguments with people all the time. Boy, I used to argue with I just got tired. Like, oh, I got nothing left. I don't argue no more. If you don't believe it, I ain't going to sit there and debate it with you. This is what we are. This is what we do. What we believe. And so we're going to be laying foundations, talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, talking about all the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I want us to function in that completely. So if people get sick of here and we lay hands on them, we're going to believe God they're going to be healed. We're going to believe that they're going to get a prophetic word that's going to speak directly to their situation, because I believe that we serve a right now God. And when the prophet comes, you'll see, because he, he's, he operates in that beautifully. But you know what? And, and how many have ever received a prophetic word? I mean, encouraging. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's a parameter on how that's delivered, but it encourages you. And so we're going to keep moving. So we're almost done. Number six, they had all things common. They had all things common. 
They had all things. So, no, would that, does that mean that they agreed on everything? No, it does not mean that. You know, what, you know what that says to me, that they had all things common? It means, simply put, they kept the main thing the main thing. You know how many church split and people get in problems with churches over small stuff? I didn't like the color of the seat. I think the plant should be over on this side. Well, I don't think we should have any grass. I think it should be all concrete. Well, I don't like the color of the walls. You know how some people make that? And, and you know, never mind people getting saved. Never mind we're trying to touch the world with the gospel. I just don't like the color of the walls. Can you please change? And we never had no, I, I said that because we never had nobody complain, at least openly. And those last, the walls was mustard before y'all came here. It was mustard. Ugly. But, you know, I was working with it. But terrible. But, you know, some people look at that, and, and you know what? When you have all things common, you know, you know what it means? We keep the main thing the main thing. We ain't going to divide over nothing that's going to be insignificant. Are you with me? So Look, we got to keep things in perspective. You know, keep things, because everybody's going to come in. How do we know everybody's going to come in, and they're going to come and say, ooh, we, we can do this, we need to do this. And everybody got an opinion. Everybody does. That's what makes us beautiful. <laughs> That's what makes us unique. But when they had all things coming, they kept the main thing, the main thing. Now I got to keep moving because y'all are starting to fall asleep on me. So they sold, they sold their possessions and, and, you know, and they, they helped one another. Now, some of you say, well, so Pastor, are you trying to say we need to sell our, our possessions? God may tell you to do that. I don't know. I'm not God. But let me say this. The whole purpose of them selling their possessions was not just that they can say how spiritual we are because we sold everything and we really look good before everybody. Like Ananias and Sapphira, remember them? They tried to act like, oh, we'd flown with everybody. Else. We sold everything. The Holy Spirit whoop, killed them because they were lying. It's not about show. What was the purpose of them selling everything? Anybody know? You can answer back on this. What was the purpose of it? And verse, what verse is it? It's verse number 45. What was the purpose of it? They sold their possession and divided them among the, and all that has, has anyone had need? Oh, I might have answered it right there. <laughs> Help people in need. So now, from church to church, that might be different. Some churches you go to, they can require you sell everything. And y'all, y'all be like, I ain't joining that church. <laughs> That's a cult. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, but, but what's the whole objective? Is that they cared for one another. In other words, there was nobody among them that lacked. Boy, that's beautiful. Why? Because if I got a problem, you got a problem. Now, we don't just give it. You know, we've had people, let me say this, in love. We don't just hand out money to people. The worst thing you can do with people, I believe, is just throw, throw money at them. What we do is we sit down with people and say, and we've had people come to the church. And I'll give you an example. I had one brother come. He came one time. Oh, tough. I don't know. Make helped. It was it was not any small help. Then I said to him, I said, okay. First of all, before you come, you got you got to understand this. I'm going to sit down with you, and I'm going to get all into your business. Well, who do you think you are getting into my business? Well, you're coming to the church, and I'm the pastor of the church. And you come in one of this large one, so we need to find out how you got here. How did you arrive here? Because if not, then 
Anybody can just come and just say, give me money. Because I gave a couple dollars here and there, so I have a right. That's how people think, right? And I said, okay, brother, we're going to help you this time. But I said, and I, I counseled him. Here's what I did. We went through a whole big thing. We counseled him, right? And we gave him one. He said, now, apply these principles. Again, guess what happened? A couple months to get later. Passed. What, brother? And the first thing I said to him was, um, did you apply the principles that I tell you? Did you do what I said last time? No. Well, here's why you are in that situation. To help somebody in need doesn't mean that you just throw things at them, right? It means that here, the way we do it here, now there may be some church that may just don't give and don't ask questions. If you find a church, let me know because ain't many of them that's going to do that. I'm just going to let you know that right up front. They have some real strict policies when it comes to that. Because we want to help people that are really in need. People that lose their job and things happen to them. They have no, I mean, you know, it just happened. We got to help people like that. But folks that are just reckless living and living all crazy, how many know if we just threw our money, then we're just helping them? We're not getting at the root of the problem because guess what? They will be what? Back. Wanting more because we didn't deal with, first, how do we get here? So my job as a pastor is to say, here, we got to help get some discipline there and there so that we can not come here again because I'm not helping you as your pastor if I just threw you money because you'll be back. I mean, no, if you feed a cat, what happens? I hate to compare people to a cat, but y'all know what I'm saying. It's a principle. They'll keep coming back. So what we want to do is I want to get you whole and get you healthy so that you'll have an abundance so you can be giving and not saying give to me. Because the Bible says more blessed to do what? Give than what? To receive. We want to be givers in our church. So to help each other. So that's why they sold everything. It was about helping each other. And the way we help each other does not mean that we just, just no strings attached. It's not how it works. We're going to disciple you as well as it should be. Um, and number, number nine, well, number eight, they were consistent in verse 46. Uh, you know, they stayed at it, you know, and, you know, we got a spirit in our culture today that says, um, boy, we went long today, didn't we? We got a spirit in our culture today, uh, what I call a mood spirit. You know what a mood spirit is? The minute things ain't happening or popping the way that it should, then I'm going to move. And people will move and leave quick. One of the things that was amazing here was it said that they continued. They, in verse 46, it says, uh, and we're, we're almost done, guys. Uh, max five minutes, probably less. Uh, we're, we're, we're closing. But in Acts, in, in, chapter, in chapter 2, verse 46, it says there, why are my Bible keep flipping my eyes? Thank you so much. I can't see no more. Okay. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. So I got to get used to that. It's on the screen. And breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with, the, with simplicity of heart. But look what it says here. So continuing daily with one accord. There was consistency. You know how people give up when things get hard? You know, in, for the, in their marriage. Marriage is hard. Ugh. Ugh. I'm about it here. Got to go, got to go, got to go. Then they go get married to somebody else. Then that get hard. Oh, got to go, got to go, got to go. <laughs> when does the madness I mean, sometimes God's best way of teaching you is to make you stay in there and learn some stuff. Go through the hard stuff of life. And it said it was going to be easy. 
But if we're going to be an effective church, our culture in our church is we, we are consistent. People are changing all the time, but we're consistent here. We're not going to be up and down, and we're going to change everything because it ain't happening. No, no. We're going to always try to get better, but we're going to be consistent in what we do and how we do ministry. Our kids will be able to look back five years and say they're still doing it. They're still doing it. still plugging at it. We've got different methodologies, but we're still believing. Finally, the Lord added to the church. The Lord. Who added to the church? The Lord. The Lord added to the church because guess what? All these things that we talked about, prayer, fellowship, breaking the bread with one another, uh, you know, meeting each other's needs, and all of these things, and miracles begin to happen. And, and God added to the church. Here's the thing. If we apply these principles in our ministry and that you carry out the DNA and the culture of our church, then guess what? God will add to our church because the Bible says the Lord commands blessing where there's what? Unity. Unity doesn't mean that we agree. Unity means that we submit to each other. Submit is a dirty word, but it's a good word in God's eyes. Because it's the key in order for something to flow the way God wants it to flow. And so when we talk about culture, we say, okay, what is foundation? I just gave you a picture of what we're about here at Foundation Christian Fellowship. You need to get that down into your spirit. And then say to me, you know what, Pastor? Here, I'm going to flow with that, Pastor, and I'm going to figure out a way to help bring that about. Every one of you who are here has an important role to play in that. As people come, that you carry out the DNA, that you under, and it's something that you don't understand. Say, Pastor, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I was thinking about, what do you feel about? Come with your ideas. Come with your ideas. But understand the culture and the DNA. Don't walk, listen, don't walk into a situation and say, I'm going to change. You know, we have people do that. I'm going to walk in, I'm going to change everything because this is what I believe the culture should be. Then you're going to be in trouble. Because it just doesn't work that way. But we're flowing together. We're flowing together in unity because when God gets ready to bless, I don't want to be taking no step back. I want to know that we're moving forward. We're progressing. Y'all got it, and we're moving on. We're moving on, and, and we, we may drop a couple here, but we'll pick up three or four. For every one we drop, we'll pick up five. That's what I'm believing God for. And I'm going to ask you a question. Are you believing like that? If you're not believing like that, you need to think like that because that's the way your pastor thinks. If your pastor said, that, look, this is going to be a big week, and we have not fasting and praying, that's coming up, then you know what you need to be saying? I'm, follow, I'm a part of this church. I'm a part of this family. I'm going to make every effort to make this happen and be here and bring people here. Why? Because this is what we're doing. It's a big event. It's part of, it's part of who we are. And you're an important part of making all that happen. Y'all still love me? Was that a hard word? That wasn't a hard word. Was that a hard word? That's a good word. All right, good, good. Now don't go home and talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. So let every, every head bow, their eyes closed.